praise the Lord. My name is David Mogumia. I'm blessed to stand here with this man of God. Mr. Amos Sechigudi. I bring greetings from our father, our dear father of this house, Pastor Wilberforce Bezudi. He's in Sweden. Sweden. Doing the Great Commission. Let me get into the word. King of Glory, we thank you for your blessings. The entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. Bless us, Lord. We open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have prepared for us today. Touch every person in this place. Thank you for the spirit of revelation that is seated upon each and everyone here. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to thank uh, Perfect Peter for the wonderful foundation he has laid for us. Please appreciate him. Yeah. It's honor to do that. He taught so much but he gave us a foundation of prayer. We are in a season of fasting and prayer. And I also want to thank my brother here who also laid another important and beautiful foundation and who revealed to us the glory of walking in the consciousness of answered prayer. When you learn to pray with the consciousness that prayer is answered, you will see results. One of the biggest problems we have had as a church is that we were made to believe Yes, that God answers some prayers and some prayers he doesn't. And that is not so biblical. Because let's look at the man Jesus Christ, the son of God, who has given us a pattern and a standard of life. Who said, I thank you, Lord, because you always hear me. Jesus Christ himself said that when you pray or if you pray and believe everything you've prayed for can be answered. Amen? So the only thing you can tell me that I believe that is biblical is that if you pray with unbelief there you have no answer. Because that's biblical. But if you believe you can walk this life that every prayer you make is answered. There are men that have accessed those realms. There are men that have accessed those realms. There are men who don't need to pray. They think things and those things come to pass. It happens out of the exercise of your spirit. The Bible says bodily exercise profits but a little. But spiritual huh? exercising yourself to godliness. The Bible says profits much in this life and the next life. Praise the Lord Jesus. So I want to thank God for these two men of God and for the opportunity given to us by our Father Pastor Uba for space for loving us and believing in us. I want to take you into something similar. If you understand what I'm going to share today, I'm going to speak out of something that has worked for my life. Your prayer life will change. Totally. Amen. Amen. And what I want us to talk about today is I want us to study the prayer life of Jesus Christ. I want us to study 
the life of prayer of the man Jesus Christ. And what I'm trying to achieve here today is to stir up your hearts that you will want to emulate the life of Jesus Christ. That when it comes to prayer you carry the same conscience. The same life that he lived on earth is the same life you must live. If Jesus never prayed and God refused, it's possible for you to pray and God hears every prayer you make. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus Christ was a man of prayer. Who agrees? Yes. Jesus was a man of prayer. Jesus started ministry in prayer. Remember at the uh, when he was being baptized? When you read the book of Luke, chapter 3, I think verse 21, the Bible says that while he was praying, during baptism, the voice of the Lord, the heavens opened and God spoke and confirmed him as his son. And the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. That is proof that Jesus was a man of prayer. He lived his entire life in prayer. You read all the Gospels. You'll see that Jesus loved to pray. To an extent that by the time he was dying on the cross, the last words that man spoke were prayers. He spoke to his father and he said, Father, forgive these men for they know not what they do. What does that teach us? As a new creation, as the believers in Jesus Christ, prayer cannot leave us. Just like we cannot leave it. Prayer must become to you like food is. You must love to pray. And today I want to give you an explanation. uh, and give you an answer why you must love to pray. But something else I also learn when I look at the life of Jesus Christ, we agree that he he knew no sin, right? The Bible says Jesus Christ knew no sin. For he only became sin for our sake that through that we become the righteousness of God. Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 There's something that struck me. If Jesus didn't sin and you know that when the Bible says he knew no sin it's slightly different from he didn't sin. Who knew? When the Bible says Jesus knew no sin, it is not the same as Jesus didn't sin. One is higher. Amen? Because he knew no sin, there was not even any sin in his conscience. His mind was set on God and God alone. So there was no sin. So we are not only talking about the one that he could have done or the sin that is done by actions. We are also talking about the mind that he knew no sin. There was no sin. Not even a trace of it in his life. And yet the Bible says that he was a hundred percent man. I think if you if you put your mind to it and try to meditate on it, you will see. What I'm trying to talk about, even though he knew no sin, he still loved to pray. And there was also a lesson there. That prayer is not a place where you deal with sin. Jesus knew no sin. And yet he loved to pray. That means 
every time he went to pray all those many times he was always praying he was not dealing with sin he was fellowshipping with his father he was loving on God and being loved on by God receiving the glory and the power and the immense love of God. Praise the Lord Jesus. This same Jesus Christ, God instructs us in Romans 8.29 to be conformed to his image. To those that he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren to the image of his son. So God has called us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Every day you wake up, you must be conformed to the very image of Christ. So much so that every time you walk out like this, people don't see you walking. They see Christ. That is the great commission. It says we are about the great commission to manifest Christ in our everyday lives. That is biblical right there. But I want to ask us a question. What is this image that God tells us to be conformed to? What is this image? Can I answer you? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 up to 3. So I'm going to be reading these scriptures very quickly. So if you're writing, just write the scripture so that we move. The Bible says, Hebrews 1, the first verse up to the third verse. God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. The Bible says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And it keeps going on. But what the Bible is explaining there is who Jesus is. What is the image of Jesus Christ? The Bible has answered there that back then God used to speak to his people by prophets. And the Bible says in these last days God has chosen to speak by his son does that mean there are no prophets on the contrary no but the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ that means you cannot claim to be a prophet if your testimony is not Jesus Christ do we agree so Jesus Christ now becomes the reconciliation of the prophetic praise the Lord Jesus so God shows us here what the image of Jesus Christ is the first thing is that he's the one God speaks by in these days if you want to hear God find Jesus the second thing is that he is the heir of all things the third thing is that through Jesus Christ the worlds were made the fourth thing is Jesus Christ is the brightness of the glory of God and the Bible says he is the express image of the person of God what does that mean when you see Jesus you've seen God the Father didn't he say those things now let me take you a little bit deeper in that to take you to that scripture you love 1 John 4.17 and the Bible says and this is love made perfect that will have boldness in the day of judgment for as he is 
is so are you in this world I want to touch your chest and say I am like Jesus in this world not in heaven in heaven you won't be like Jesus he will be your head he is your head but on earth where he expects you to do the great commission he has given you the authority to walk like him so where you are Jesus has arrived someone say amen shout hallelujah Jesus has arrived because you are there so that means if Jesus is not worried because as he is where he is now so are you in this world you shouldn't be worried if he's not in luck there should be no luck in your life someone say amen as he is so are we I want to share three things one two three if you understand three things first of all my job here is done but secondly your life changes I guarantee you three things we are studying the prayer life of Jesus Christ the first thing I want you to note and the most outstanding thing in the life of Jesus Christ on earth was the place of solitude if you seek to talk about the life of Jesus Christ the first thing you're going to talk about is that is the place of solitude stay available to the Holy Spirit because I feel there's a heavy presence of God here so 90% of the life of Jesus Christ in prayer was in the secret and we must understand why why did Jesus hide his prayer life why wasn't he always praying in public places only why did he love this, the secret Mark chapter 1 verse 35 the Bible says Mark 1:35. the Bible says now in the morning Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Have you seen that? Jesus yes. loved the place of solitude. That is the first thing any believer must note. You must have a place of solitude in your life. Let me show you another scripture. In Matthew 14, verse 23, the Bible says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, the Bible says he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And now when evening came, he was alone there. We are studying the life of Jesus Christ in prayer. So you must ask yourself, why? I want to answer you. We serve a God of the secret place. And fellowship with him is only fully effected if you have learned to do it in secret. I'll say that again. The God you serve is the God of the secret. In some scriptures, the Bible says God has hidden himself. We just read our devotion for the day that talks about a synchronized heart. But when you read the scriptures and what the man of God was talking to us, he's telling us the same thing. That for your heart to be in sync with the heart of God, you must learn how to seek God. Have you seen that? When we talk about God, we are talking about seeking. God is everywhere. Yes, yes, yes. He's omnipresent. But now you, who is growing in God you must understand that even if he's everywhere he's not everywhere Proverbs chapter 
gives us a beautiful, interesting uh, explanation why God is hidden. The Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it is the honor of kings to search it out. To search out that matter. And there are two things to learn there. That the moment you stand in the place of seeking God, you automatically become a king. Because that matter is going to be found by kings. He has said it's the honor of a king to search out the matter. So whenever God hides something, it brings glory to him that his kings should come and search it out. I sat down one day and asked myself, you know some people have made us believe that the devil is so powerful. So when they are praying, they say, they are breaking the powers of the devil. Let me ask you a question. If the devil knew where everything of your life was, would you be alive? Because he also doesn't know. The Bible says that had they known they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory on a cross. They would have killed him another way. Not on the cross. Because putting him on a cross was releasing more power than, than, than was even there in the first place. So talk about a guy who comes with a gun to shoot you but somewhere there something happens and they point at themselves and they shoot themselves. What how dumb <laughs> that is the devil for you. But that same guy has tricked you into believing that he has power. And as I'm speaking now, there's a guy seated saying, boys are just talking. Do you know the devil? Let me also ask you, do you know God? Do you know Jesus? If you answer that, I will answer your question. Isaiah 45, 3. The Bible says that there are some hidden treasures and there are riches that are also hidden in the secret place. I'm giving a reason why you must love the secret place. Or rather, that you cannot pray if you have not understood the secret place. So he says, I'll give you the hidden treasures and reveal to you the deep uh, riches hidden in the secret places that you will know that I'm God. There are people in this world who are praying to God for a business and you are genuinely praying you want a business and God will give you a business in this church. Yeah. Now, there's another category <laughs> of a person who's asking God for something that has never been seen in this world. He doesn't want a business idea of selling tomatoes. Everyone is selling tomatoes. That person is in the secret place asking God reveal to me that deep secrets of your riches. Those people are not the same. And when they get uh, results, when their prayers are answered, they won't look the same. The men of this world know this thing. There are some men who by another power that is actually the wrong power have accessed secret things. What are the children of God doing? Praying no more prayers. Asking God for rent. Yes, 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 you need rent. But open your eyes. The Bible says lift up your head and see that the fields are white. In other words, God is, is telling you 
Stop asking him for the harvest. It is already there. Thank him for it. Walk in it. Get a hold of it. Jesus knew these things. That is why he never left the secret place. And in Daniel, Daniel, Daniel is another man that understood this. Daniel And he explained to us in chapter 2 verse 22 he explained to us how kings are set up and how others come down every day that we wake up there's a king being set up there's another king coming down choose where you want to be says life and death are in the power of the tongue and he tells you choose life but again it's still up to you some people choose death every day how do you know that you've chosen death it is in how you speak so Daniel says that as he's changing the times and seasons, he's setting up kings and putting down others. And he says, in there, how does he do that? The Bible says he reveals the secrets, the deep and secret things. And he knows what is in the darkness. And the light dwells with him. The day you learn the place of the secret place in prayer you will have been elevated from praying normal prayers general things and you have started seeking out what truly belongs to you that this world has not yet seen because let me also tell you this church every person seated in this church there is something for you what belongs to you does not look like any other person's thing and that's why he says call to me and I will answer what the man of God told us last Sunday that if you call to him he promises to answer and he tells you what he's going to do after he answers that I will reveal to you the secret things that you don't know that you have never seen because there's something that belongs to you Jesus knew this thing and many times in the Bible we see Jesus Christ even with a great mandate to teach his disciples how to pray he still loved the place of solitude so in some places in the Bible we see him taking his disciples on a mountain to pray and the Bible says where they stayed he goes a certain distance away from them and the Bible calls it a stone's throw away so that he can pray for, by himself those were patterns every believer must understand the place of solitude. And that's why when he's asked to teach us how to pray in Matthew chapter 6 there's something beautiful he repeats there. When, he, when you start from verse 5 the Bible says when you pray you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing. Did you learn that? The hypocrites love to pray. So you're not the first one to love to pray. Even the hypocrites love to pray. The only difference between you and the hypocrite is how you pray. That for them they they love to to pray while standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Amen. And he says, Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, in verse 6, he's talking to you, the child of God. And he says, but you, tell your neighbor, but you, 
When you pray, go into your room. Enter your closet. And when you have entered, shut your door. And pray to your Father in secret. And in there, there's a mystery that the Holy Spirit showed me. That there are three realms of the solitude. The first realm is where you literally, actually enter a place where no one is seeing you. And that's a place that every person here must have. If you don't have it, you are forgiven. Start today. Amen. That's the first realm. The second realm is where you are in a prayer meeting in a place like here or our prayer meetings on Monday and you're praying a general prayer with everyone else but you have learned how to pray to your father again in the secret. And that's the importance of speaking in tongues. The Bible says that not even the devil knows what you are praying. That is how much of a secret uh, God has kept prayer in. And then third realm, which I believe is the most powerful, because if you master it you'll have learned to stay in prayer is where you are in a crowd you are in a multitude you are in a busy place so much is going on and you learn to close the door and you pray to your father in secret Jesus did that the scripture I told you earlier at his baptism in Luke 3.21 the Bible says while he was being baptized and he was praying the heavens opened when you read Matthew and Mark they didn't report that Jesus was praying which is proof that that prayer was in the secret place only Luke is the one who saw that Jesus was praying to explain why the voice came only Luke Matthew doesn't know it. Mark didn't see it. That is a sure deal that Jesus had learned how to enter the secret place even when everyone was around. You must learn that thing. Someone tell the Holy Spirit, teach me to enter the secret place in the midst of crowds. And the Holy Spirit taught me something else there. When I take, if I take you back to Mark 1, 30, 30, we read 35 now, go to 37. 35 is where he woke up very early in the morning and he went into a solitary place to pray. Now when you read 37, the disciples were looking for him they couldn't find him when you read verse 37 the Bible says that they finally found him what do they tell him they say all men seek for thee everyone is looking for you and there's a mystery hidden there and the Holy Spirit showed it to me that for every public platform you seek there must be a place of the secret behind it. Can I say it again? All of you here have been anointed. There's a certain anointing you carry on your life. Whether you know it or not. Whether you function in it or not. But what are we about? We are about the Great Commission to preach the unconditional love and grace of God to the nations. To any person that is going to the nations. To any person that has understood that your calling is to the world. That you must cultivate a secret place praise the Lord Jesus so I'm going to run through the two and that is the first one that, that's the place of the secret 
You must understand it. You must understand it. Second thing about the life of Jesus Christ. There were many things about the life of Jesus Christ. But I've only brought three that were the major ones. If you understand these three, everything else will be easy to learn. The second thing is that Jesus didn't just instruct us to pray always. But he was a man who stayed in prayer. Someone say amen. He stayed in prayer. He learned how to stay in prayer. You must love to stay in prayer. Luke 18, one, the Bible says, Men ought to always pray and not faint. Those, those were the words of Jesus Christ. That men must pray without ceasing. And we have been learning so much about how to pray without ceasing. Right? The men of God on this altar have come and taught us something. I mean so much. But I'm going to show you why Jesus exercised himself in this. There's something Jesus knew that many people didn't know. When you go back to the book of Leviticus in chapter 6 and verse 9 the Bible says something beautiful there. This was a command that God gave to Moses. And the Bible says, Command Aaron and his sons saying that this is the law of the burnt offering. And the burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until morning and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it did you get it? The altar was supposed to be kept burning. Now, we have gone back to the days of the children of Israel. But this God who is the same today, yesterday and forever, teaches us that right now we are not in the days of burning offerings on an altar. But the way you burn an offering now is through prayer. And he says that once you keep you, 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 you light up that altar, it must be kept burning. It must be kept burning. And verse 12 says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it and it shall not be put out. Dear saint, your prayer must not be put out. You must stay praying every day of your life. There's a deeper explanation of this though. Why Jesus understood this very well. It's that Jesus knew the importance of staying in prayer. That it was the only way he could stay conscious of the life of God in him. So you see Jesus walking every day and the Bible says wherever he went he healed them. He healed them. Why are you not healing? Why are you not walking the life of Jesus Christ? There's a high chance you have not understood this mystery. Because every believer, you are called to stay conscious to the life of God. But also a deeper explanation of that. That is the only way that you will learn to sow to the Spirit. The Bible says, be no, don't be deceived. In Galatians 6, verse 7, that don't be deceived. For God is not Mocked. How do you mock God? The Bible explains it in the next line there. He says that whatsoever you shall sow, that shall you reap. And in the next verse he says that if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap 
corruption. And he says, but if you sow to the spirit, then of the spirit you will reap life everlasting. Every person that was created on the earth is a sower. Every single day you wake up, you are sowing seeds. The question is one. Are you sowing to the flesh? Or are you sowing to the spirit? And that's an answer only you can give. To yourself. So Jesus knew this. And the only way he knew how to stay sowing to the spirit. Was to keep a place of prayer. Very active. Paul understood this mystery. And he told us to pray without ceasing. In fact, somewhere in Acts 17, he says, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our very own being. How do you live and move and have your being in God if you have not learned how to stay in a continuous fellowship with him? David understood it. And in Psalms, I think 139, from verse 7, maybe to 11, he says, Even if I lay my bed in hell, I will find you. Or you will find me. So David is a man who understood that it is impossible to live in this life without God. He says, Everywhere I go, you will find me. Hallelujah. That must be your testimony. Prayer must become a, a, a way to connect to the source of life in God. I, and remember, I'm giving you a higher dimension to the general prayer. So that means all those moments you are doing something and you say, Lord, help me. You're praying. And God here is, try, is telling us just learn how to do it consciously. Purpose to do it. As you're seated at that desk working, pray. You're seated in that taxi going to work, pray. You're driving your car, pray. You're washing dishes, pray. You are doing anything in the bathroom, pray. Without ceasing. The last point is that Jesus Christ esteemed the place of prayer above everything in his life and anything including food. Jesus learned how to esteem prayer above anything in his life. One time in John 4 the disciples come to Jesus they had gone to bring food remember the story of the woman at the well it it goes on but somewhere in verse 31 after the disciples had found the food they bring it to the master and they tell him we've brought you the food and he said is that verse 31 yes in the meanwhile his disciples prayed him saying master eat What did he say? Verse 32. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. That is the Lord you are following. There are places, if you are serious about your life, there are places you will forsake food. Some days you will just forsake food. Not because it's not there. It actually makes more sense when it is full. And that's the day you wake up and say, Today, no food. So I'm not talking about the fasting period. I'm talking about your life as a, after the fasting has ended. That's when true colors come out. Those people didn't come. They are not here. The ones that have other colors. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Job understood this. And in Job 23 verse 12, he said, I've I've esteemed your word more than necessary food. 
most many prophets understood this thing everywhere you will read the scriptures Jeremiah tells us that when he found the word of God he ate it David said it is even sweeter than honey. These guys understood how to eat the word. And the lesson is here. That when you understand prayer in this way. Prayer will learn, you will learn, you will start to be satisfied. In prayer. You can pray. And your stomach fills up. No, not by asking God to fill up your stomach because you are hungry. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a man who has loved to pray so much that they bring him food. And he says, I have other food I am eating. In fact, I am full. Take that food to, to to other people. I am full. Because when they pray, they are eating. At that point, God satisfies you. And there's a hungry person in this church. And God says, I want to satisfy you. There's something else God taught me deep there, lastly. That the place of prayer must become a place of pleasure. Church, did you know that you can have pleasure in God. No, let me rather tell you this. Many of the evils you see today, most of the evil you see, is, it, has, it started from a man who was seeking for pleasure. Don't underestimate pleasure. During the week, I was walking. I found a packet of cigarettes. There were no cigarettes. Those the empty packet. And on that packet, I was walking by it. I saw it. I said, what is that? I, I took a step back. And I literally bent to look at the packet. And these guys, the manufacturers of the cigarettes, they placed a photo of lungs that have been rotten and spoiled by cigarettes. But men still buy cigarettes. Don't joke with pleasure. They even hide it. Because it would, it would have been another thing. If on that packet they put for you that it is beautiful. Smoke it. You will look beautiful. They have told you how, what you will look like. But they know that the power that is pulling you to smoke is greater than you. It is higher than you. A guy goes to a bar every day and you find that in his family he has lost relatives to alcohol. Alcohol messed up their livers. And this guy still is drinking. Pleasure. Church, I want to show you there is a place of pleasure in God where no pleasure can stay. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 16 verse 11 I want us to read it together if you can find it sir. Tell your neighbor may prayer become a pleasure to you. Read. He says, thou wilt show me the path of life. And he says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. No addiction. No addiction. And I'm saying this again. Because I know that there are some people that are struggling with things. No addiction can survive if you learn how to pray. No addiction. No addiction. No addiction. Young people in this place learn how to pray. Invest your life in prayer. The things 
things that you're struggling with are only alive because you don't pray. Once you commit to prayer, there's a pleasure that comes to you. He says at his right hand, the spiritual understanding of the right hand is a place of authority and power. That once you have learned how to stay in the presence, there is fullness of joy. And he says, power comes to you that you walk in his pleasures forevermore. Prayer can connect you to the pleasures forevermore. And no pleasure will stay in your life. Praise the Lord. Get to your feet. Let's pray. I'm so sorry that time has gone. I don't know if you've learned anything. But these three places, the place of solitude, the place where you stay in prayer, everything you do is supported by prayer. And then learning how to esteem prayer above anything including food. Are things that are going to change your life. I repeat it. Those things are going to change your life. And as we pray today, I know that there are some people that are hungry to hear God. You have asked God, I want to hear you. What should I do? And the answer has come. Cultivate a place of the secret. Learn to be with your God alone. We are in a generation that is spoilt. People go to pray with their phones. You're praying. You love God. True. But every five minutes, every notification that comes, you must open. You are not in a secret place. You are in a place with your phone. You are in a place of prayer with social media. People of God, let's learn to give God undivided attention. You come to church and you switch off your phone. I believe God that those days are coming back. Back then men were that serious. That's why revivals were very easy. Because when people came to the presence, their hearts were there. Today, we have people who are in the presence and their hearts are in town. Their hearts are at home. Fight that thing. And there's no, there's no more fighting to do than to surrender to the will of God than to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Thank you for fellowshipping with us. Thank you for being here. I really hope you've learned something. You have a very productive and fruitful week ahead of you. This year is your year to profit. Someone declare it and say this is my year to profit and I will do only that and nothing else. All the doors of opportunity are open to me. Come on, declare and say my name is being mentioned in places that matter. In places of influence. I carry the influence of God upon my life this glory shines on my life so bright that the whole world can see it declare and say I am advantaged in everything I do and I will stay blessed and I will be a blessing to everyone around me going in and going out in the village and in the, in the town I will stay blessed to the glory of God. And turn to your neighbor and say, remember that Jesus is the Lord of your life. And there is nothing missing in you. And there is nothing broken.